Okay, so, um... I was watching this movie called Lolita. And... This movie was so extremely difficult to watch. Because it was about a older man. Who, um... Who preys upon a younger girl about 14 years old and it seems really horrible because <laughs> excuse me it seems really horrible because he quite literally married her mother with intent to prey upon her daughter 14 year old daughter and um it's sad to me because it's like you know, um, like these are one of my biggest fears in life. These are one of my biggest fears in life. You know, growing up, I watched this movie, and it's called um, Woman, Where Are Thou? Or something like that. Woman, 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 Who Art Thou? Where Art Thou? Something like that. But it's about this little girl who was little, and her mother just dated this man and he raped her you know at like 12 but like um she her mother she tried to tell her mother her mother found her in a puddle of blood thought that she just got her period um she tried to tell her he heard her and her mother said he would never do nothing like that and you know he possibly continued to hurt her right up under the nose of her mother and her mother, you know, pretended as if or 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 lived her life in denial that it was actually going on. Um he stole her innocence. It was horrible. It was horrific. It was like a brutal rape and I had never really seen like a brutal, you know, depiction of that. So, um it was so sad and her mother, you know, her excuse was she was lonely. It's hard to find a it's hard to find a man. And, you know, that's why she like kinda let that, you know, kinda like, you know, it's not that she really admitted that she knew, but she just saying like she was kinda maybe just smitten by him and really wanted to believe that he wasn't that way. I believe that there's no way in the world that you can that these things go unnoticed. But personally, my perspective is biased because I feel that I have like a sense for these different things due to what I've gone through in my life. I have a sense for these different things. I kind of smell it like not really smell it literally, but quite literally, because like now that I know in the spirit, you can smell people's sin on them. But um, I kind of like, you know. I, I can sense it. I sense a child that's being abused. And you know what? I think demons have been placed on me since I was a child that point these different things out. And I don't even think that, you know, it's maybe, you know, paranoia or anything like that. I think that, you know, because I'm a demon hunter, maybe because of what I had to go on through in life and me not wanting to see that ever happened to anybody else, it kind of possibly became part of who I was. And, you know, knowing who I am now, which I didn't know then, 
I, you know, had captured demons in my life. Maybe I had specifically captured some, you know, concerning abuse. And it was because me wanting to make a difference in this world and not see anything that happened to me happen to anybody else. And so I got older and I would just like sense it. And I think that it was the demons that I captured. Maybe they were, you know, working with me to, you know, help me sense these kind of things so that I could, you know, track these type of abusive demons down and, you know, lock them up. Now, it sounds crazy, but, you know, this is how I feel like I may have picked up on this. I, you know, I had a a, a cell full of demons that I had captured over my lifetime, my life's work. And um, these demons, they would get so tired of being locked up. They would, they would get so anxious. They would know that time is counting down, that we're about to be raptured soon. They're going to be thrown in the bottomless pit. And they really wanted to be made free. They weren't getting out. But what they could do, they would be making me deals like, you know, let me out, let me out. I'm going to get out of here one day. And some of them would get so, you know, frantic that they would start to, you know, be like, um, I'll help you, you know, track down other demons. I'll help you. I'll, I'll lead you to other demons. So these demons, they would lead me to other demons. You know, they would help me find their friends. They would snitch on their friends. And um, I think the demon's name is Belphegor, but I might got it wrong. I might got the name wrong, but it's Belphegor who, you know, snitched to Solomon about where Satan was and how to catch Satan. He got Satan caught. And maybe even a son of Satan. So, you know, these demons do that. They're, some of them are known for that. They are really looked down upon for the, for that, but they're really nobody's friend, not even Satan's friend. Oftentimes, you'll catch them exposing the different, you know, trips, tips and tricks of Satan. Um, they'll say different things like, he has no real power. You know, the only power that he has is what you give him. Um, he really is... You know, he really is weak. He's getting weaker. He's getting weaker and weaker. He's frantic to catch souls, different things like that. Um, he knows he's going into the bottomless pit, which they all know. And they all know in hell. Every demon in hell knows that they're going to the bottomless pit. Every demon in hell knows that everything in that Bible is truth. They know that God is true. God is real. And they hear the name of God and tremble. These demons know. Um... So they'll like you know Belphegor, I believe is Belphegor. He got um, these different demons caught, and it was like a whole story behind it with Solomon. I don't know how true it was, but it was this story that um, there was this young boy that this demon possessed to kill his dad or something, or just dad that the demon possessed to kill his his son, and that's how you know. It's possible that Solomon had run into him and due to what he had done or something of that nature, and I, I may have got this mixed up by now, but due to what he had done, you know, uh, Solomon tortured him or something of that nature. He got caught, Solomon tortured him, and um, he tortured him to the point of being willing to work with him to catch Satan and the son of Satan, if I'm not mistaken. But, um... The thing about this, concerning this, I don't know how true that is. That's not necessarily in the Bible, but, you know, at the same time, 
as I've said my whole life, I've never had a, a full Bible. These Bibles that we have nowadays, they don't have everything. They don't have all the information that I know in my heart and I know my spirit because the Lord tells me. And where can I find this information? I don't know. But there's a library in heaven that has everything. And I dream of reading these these books in this library. And I feel so many times the Lord says, you do. You read all of them. You know, there's so many of them. So, um, all I know is, you know, I got all this information. And throughout the years, I would come across different Bibles in different churches. But a lot of this information I got from the Lord. And it's like, I know it, but I don't consciously know it. And that's the curse that's on our hearts for not knowing who we are. But, um, that's the curse of breaking a promise. Excuse me, not for not knowing who we are, but of not knowing, you know, the curse is to not know who we are. And it's for breaking our promise. It's for breaking the covenant. And um, all I know is, excuse me, all I know is um, I heard about, you know, this demon that ratted on different other demons. And, of course, by this time, Solomon, he has started to become perverted. He has started to become, you know, tempted by the pleasures. These demons in hell even knew the prophecy that Solomon would have been back. And it's weird because it's like the seven sister demon sisters. And I don't know if this is even made up. Because, as I've said, I've never seen it or read about these in particular in a Bible. But, you know, it is known that Solomon was a demon hunter. But, um... These different information, different clues, different things I do recall, but it's like diff- I did get a lot of information from this like informational video about Solomon and the demons that he hunted, which it may, some of these things may be, as I've said, made up, but I don't know. Um, just the details. But um, as I was going to say, um, Solomon, he... You know, he started to become tempted into the lifestyle that he lived. The pleasure started to distort, distort his, you know, um, distort him and weaken him. And he he started to become more perverted. Of course, it's known with the 700 wives and the 300 concubines. Many of his wives worshiped false gods. He started to become watered down. The one, um... The one request that God asked of Solomon is that he never worship, worship another God. And um, Solomon did so many other things that led God to turning, eventually turning his back on him. But um, Solomon, you know, it were seven sisters, seven demon sisters of hell that prophesied that Solomon would be back. That when he came back, they were going to have their way with him. Because he had tortured almost every demon in hell and conquered almost every demon in hell throughout his career. But um, he met Belphegor. Belphegor led him to Satan and got Satan caught. And this is why it was like, like interesting because Satan was just so upset for being snitched on and being, you know, turned on against by his own kind. And the Bible even says a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. So how can he, how, how can Jesus Christ be, you know, a, a son of Satan or anything of that nature? Cause they tried to call Jesus Christ some sort of demon prince. 
because of the signs and wonders he performed when they wanted when they when they couldn't you know when they wasn't really you know when they wanted to question you know his royal blood as the son of god but um the bible says the kingdom divided against itself shall not stand so you know these demons actually do turn on each other though and you know it makes sense because satan's kingdom will not stand it's going to be thrown into the bottomless pit so um it does make sense but of course you know Regardless of that, I know that there's so much more wisdom that comes from what Jesus meant when he said it. There's so many. Jesus is, you know, very, he was very clever, very creative, perfect, you know. And the things that he said, the things that he did, like, for example, when they tried to trick him, God told him everything. And he's, they came to him and tried to, you know, uh, trick him into saying that he told the people not to pay taxes, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God after seeing the image of Caesar on a coin. So, um, it's so clever even to this day. It's revolutionary what he said, because even today we, we complain about taxes. We complain about, you know, tickets. We complain about rent. We complain about all these different things. And we wonder, you know, God, you know, do I have to pay them this money? Can I just give it to you? You know, is it fair that we have to pay, you know, these different, you know, unfair taxes and abide by these unfair laws, knowing that the Bible says that you do not go into a court and a council of unbelievers. You wait and you allow whatever wrong to be done to you and you are you wait and you allow yourself to be judged by God on judgment day. So you don't take anything to court. You don't, you know, prosecute anybody. You don't take up a charge against any of your brothers and sisters here period you let it whatever happens to you you let it happen you you forgive them you move on you forget and on judgment day the lord will forgive you as you have forgiven others so um so um you know with this demon This demon, you know, it it ratted on Satan, got Satan caught, eventually led to Satan being caught by um, Solomon. And at that point, Solomon had pretty much conquered the entire hell, almost every demon in hell. And um, Satan was extremely upset about this demon leading to him being caught, you know, like a little snake or a rat. But, you know, it's amazing how it seems as if they have some sort of moral code. When you know that they only come to steal, kill, and destroy, you almost have no moral code. They are so wicked. They do the most wicked, heinous things and are responsible for the most wicked, heinous sin in the world. But they do have some sort of moral code, so it's really interesting. But um, also, um, concerning this, when... When this when this demon got Satan caught, he was released and he was freed. And I think the real torture with this demon was that, you know, he was always feeling as if he was so clever and so quick and able to outsmart almost anything or anybody. But Solomon was wise and he couldn't do that with Solomon. So he was extremely tortured with Solomon. So, um... He got Satan caught 
he led to Satan, Satan being caught. And the seven demon sisters of hell, you know, prophesied that he would be back, that Solomon would be back, and that they would, you know, of course, torture him and have their fun with him. So um, when Satan was caught, he started to bargain with Solomon. Um, what do you want? I'll give you anything. What can I do? Uh, Solomon, I believe he he wanted a few things, like maybe a few other demons. But um, he also said to them, he also said to Satan, uh, what kind of girl demons do you have? You know, like, it's not funny, but it's like, that's, you know, kind of how, you know, how far he had gotten from the Lord by then. By the time he conquered Satan, he was kind of that far from the Lord that he was willing to indulge or, you know, even fornicate or, you know, uh, participate in sexual immorality with these demons, you know, these, you know, very, you know, disgusting creatures of hell, wickedness, full of evil and just filthiness all around. But as you know, I stated before, he had 700 wives by then, 300 concubines. Oftentimes, his wives worshiped false gods, so they worshiped oftentimes a lot of these demons. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, like he was privy. He was privy to, um, you know, the, the congregating with the demons and kind of like fraternizing with them. He was, I believe, given one of the seven sisters, the seven sister demons of hell. And as I said, they prophesied over his, um, over his return to hell at one point. And it's amazing to me because, you know, these demons will prophesy, you know, they almost in a way prophesy that you'll be back. How do they know the future when only God knows the future? Maybe they are just, you know, making it, taking a good guess because of his behavior and the direction that he was going in. But it seems as if they were absolutely sure and they just knew when he'd be back. This actually happened to me already years ago in, at around, around 2017, maybe 2016. I saw a very big cocky male demon, so big, so, um, So like um just gory. He was like lava colored and it was disgusting. Like he was like drooling and growling and extremely angry. So mad. I never I felt I never seen hatred like that in my life or anger like that in my life. But um Actually, I, I, up until that point, I had because I saw God's anger and nothing is like God's anger. God's anger, you know, it, 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 you tremble. You absolutely tremble. I was not afraid of this demon. When this demon was angry in my face, I was extremely surprised. I was extreme, extremely surprised that this demon had showed up in the way that it did and that it had it out for me like that. But um, 
I was not in fear at all of this demon. I just knew that it meant every word that it said. And, um, but with God, when God spoke of his anger, you know, God is to be feared. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. God is to be feared. When I felt God's anger, I was like, I never, I won't say never, but I almost, I almost never had felt someone's anger, you know, kind of like shake me up and shiver through my entire body like that, you know, that it makes you want to cry, cry, just weep so heavily. It wakes you up, it humbles you, it shakes you out of whatever you're doing, makes you drop everything. I had never felt anger like that to the point where when I felt God's anger, I was like, um, I was just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. But I saw Jesus, and Jesus was crying so hard. And when I saw Jesus crying like this, um, I saw Jesus crying like this I was like I never seen somebody weep that way his tears were like a river when Jesus cries his tears are like a river I seen him cry through my face before I asked him Jesus is this real Jesus what's going on please tell me what's happening please tell me please 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 tell me why won't you talk to me and Jesus he looked me in my face and he said right in my face he said I do not want to lie to you and I don't even cry like this. When I cry, it's like one teardrop or two teardrops, a little stream on the side of my eyes, you know, maybe even in the corners. But this day, I had rivers flowing from my eyes. That's how Jesus cries. Jesus cries rivers for us. He weeps. And I think that that's why, you know, there's a chapter in the Bible, just two words, Jesus wept. Jesus Christ rivers for us. So like Jesus was crying. He was like he had snot coming out of his nose and everything. Jesus was crying so hard. And I was like, Jesus, what's wrong? Why are you crying so hard? And Jesus said, my father is so angry. He is so angry with this world. God was about ready to wipe us out. He was so close. He was about to, like, he was ready to wipe us all out. You know how angry we have to be. It's been, you know, over 2,000 years since, you know, Noah's days. Over 2,000 years since he sent Jesus to down, down across for the forgiveness of our sins. You know, after understanding that we needed to be understood a little better. And we needed to receive forgiveness. That maybe he was being too harsh by expecting us to be obedient the first time he said to do something. But um, 
God, I'm so mad. Like, when I was a kid, I used to try and see how close I could put my fingers together. My thumb and my index finger. I used to try to see how close I can get them before I before they actually touch. And I used to practice it for hours. And I know why I used to do that. But I get it now. I think God was trying to show me something. He was not playing. He's like, I'm that close. That, you know, when, it's, when your fingers barely touch your index and your thumb finger. Like... They barely, just barely touch where you can barely even see the light between them, through them. That's how, you know, close. That's how close. And I thought about that immediately. I thought about it immediately when God said how close he was. I was like, oh, you that close. Like, like barely touching close. My finger's shaky now, but I used to be able to do it for hours. But I'm like, you that close? And yes, he was so serious. I'm like, me, God? He's like, no, not you. But yeah, you know, like you. Because like, of course you've seen before, but no, not you. You know? And um, he said, you know, he was just so mad. God was so mad. Jesus was crying so hard. He was just crying he was on the floor sitting on the right hand side of God's throne sitting right next to his feet and he was just crying snot was coming down and he wasn't trying to catch it or nothing he was just crying so hard and he could barely even get his words out he was trying to talk to God like you know father please don't please don't please 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 you know begging God begging God for you know, us to have to have more time for God to have more patience with us. And God was so angry, so angry. He's always so close. He's always that close with us because we are extremely wicked. I know a lot of people don't care. They don't care. I know I would deal with this, you know, in the spirit. I can go there right now and I can start telling them about how God feels about the way that they behave. They laugh so hard. They don't care they show no remorse no matter what the only time they ever show any sort of you know remorse or sense of responsibility or accountability for their actions is when consequences are being rendered and you know it's sad when you know that when God's that close by the time consequences are being rendered it may very well be too late when he's that close so Jesus cried so hard and I said Jesus why are you crying so hard he said, my father is so mad. And I, you know, like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Because Jesus is the mediator between God and man. He understands that we, you know, we fall into temptation. He understands what it's like to be tempted. He understands what it's like to be a man. He he intercedes for us. He mediates for us to God. You know, every single time God is that close to wiping us all out in the tears and the rivers that Jesus cried. Like he could have been sitting in a puddle in the snot, in the, you know, just the pain, the pain, you know, the seriousness of God. It shook me. It shook me because I said, at this time, like I just hadn't gone through enough. I hadn't been through enough. I was only like, 18, 19 years old, I didn't understand 
I would I could never understand real trials, real tribulations, real wickedness, how bad this world truly can get, the things that go on. I'm so innocent minded at this time, so hopeful, believing that, you know, oh it's okay, God, they just haven't encountered you yet. They just don't know that you are who you are. They just don't know how good you are. You just have to show them who you are. You just have to show them how good you are. And they'll change. You know, you've changed me. You can change anyone. But God, I know he knew at the time. He knows everything. He sees everything. He knew. He knew. You know, that there are people out here who are extremely aware of how good and how great God is. How merciful, how gracious, how patient, and how angry. And they just... They feed off of it. They thrive off of it. They go harder. They torture more people. They render out more sin. They make the world a worse place instead. They 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 almost in a way cause God to lose hope for our mankind as a whole. People do this and they do it with intention and purpose. They mean to do that. They're not doing it by accident. It's not because they haven't encountered God or don't know how good or great or merciful he is. They are just that wicked. There are people out here who exist like that. And I was just too innocent to know and or too ignorant. And all I know is... um. I was just, you know, deeply saddened with that. But he said, you know, he he showed me, he said it, and he said, I have an assignment for you. And you almost have that top spot. And, you know, this was his opportunity to give these individuals an opportunity to be revised and for revision. And I don't know what happens after, you know, he's done everything in his power to revise these people. You know, and revision is not accepted or it's not completed, you know. Um, I don't know what happens. I said, God, will they be revised? Will it will it work? Will it work out? He said he don't know. He said, I don't know. You know, for everything else, he said he knew. My future, my destiny, you know, the transformation, the most miraculous transformation that will happen in my life. He said that will happen. You know, the rapture, he said it will happen in my lifetime. You know, different things like this, he knows, you know. But for the revision of the people, he said he didn't know. He said he didn't know. And, like, I think that means so much. That speaks volumes. But before... You know, I, I did my best to take it seriously. Of course, I was inexperienced. But after I got here and after everything I've been experienced since I've been here, the way that they behave, how wicked that they are, you know, the the patience, the patience that I know that I have, you know, at this point grown to lack. And I'm sure absolutely God, who is slow to anger and perfect in all his ways, has grown to lack. The patience he's going to lack with the with mankind, man. I I'm like I'm baffled. I'm baffled. The things that have gone on here and it's not even the worst. As it's not even worse as it get. Horrible things, horrible things. Child abuse, child molestation, eating children, homosexuality, orgies, rape. 
um, torture, enslavement, just abuse of power, you know, wicked device, the wicked things we devise in our hearts where we can plan somebody's life from start to finish and plan out every second that we will torture them and enjoy it from start to finish and execute these plans, you know, enjoying it and even, you know, finding new and more, you know, profound ways to torture our own people. The sin we participate in, just the how we use the creativity that the Lord has given us and blessed us to harm each other and become worse and worse, you know, different things like that. Like, I, I had no clue. I had no idea. I, I knew it at the time, too, because I said, God, everybody's always, you know, talking about every day they see they look online they look on the, at the bible they look at some sort of you know some page with encouragement of god and it's always a word god is going to bless you god is going to bring you out today your breakthrough is coming you're about to be made free you are about these chains are about to break everything's going to work out for you and it's going to happen sooner than you think and they say every day i see this every day i see these words and i'm just so tired i'm just so tired i'm tired of this i need that breakthrough now I'm starting to lose hope that that breakthrough ever going to come why do I see it day after day after day and God hasn't come through for me yet and I used to be like well God you know why I don't ever feel that way I don't ever feel that way about your words when I see you say your breakthrough is coming and different things like that I just don't you know I'm not so anxious I'm not you know really so troubled that I'm waiting for it second by second and the Lord said, because you haven't been through nothing yet. You haven't been through nothing, but you will. And one day when you do, you will understand people who's going through that. I understand. I don't, I know I, have, I don't understand on a level that I one day will. I know that one day I will understand it like, oh, man, I ain't never understood it the way I understand it now. But I understand now. I do. This has been an extremely difficult process, been torturous. And I just was saying this last night. Lord, when? Because, you know, I, I start thinking about these demons and these wicked individuals and these these spirits and these agendas, and I I, I thought about how much longer I may have to truly endure. I you know you really I really feel like I can't really endure this torture for seven seconds. But they really plan to have me enduring this torture for seven whole years. Seven whole years of torture you barely could last seven seconds with. It's like hell on earth. And when I used to ask God, God, what does hell feel like? And he said, worse than worse. The worst you could ever think of, worse than that. He said, you don't want to know, don't ask. Don't get curious. You don't want to even ever experience hell. And I experienced hell in this process. I was like, God, when you said hell was worse than what you could ever possibly imagine as bad as it get, Lord, this is worse. This is, this is, you know, 
this is complete torture. I can never get used to this. This is horrendous, Lord Jesus. And he said, yeah, I told you. So, um, he never tells a lie. Everything he does for us. He loves us so much. He tries to protect us from ourselves time and time and time again, losing patience, but still not giving up on us because he made us a promise and he never break his promises. He made us a promise he'll never wipe us all out again. So he's being patient, even as wicked as we are, and we get worse by the day, worse by the year, worse by the decade, worse by the century. Remember, a thousand years here is only a day in heaven. We are horrible. So, um, all I know is like, you know, I saw, I saw how angry he was when he gave me my assignment and it was sad, extremely sad, but I was like, you know, when he gave me my assignment, he said, I don't know. And I said, God, is it really that bad? Like, it's really that bad? He's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't know what to expect when you said it like that. I tried to think about my visits here to Houston and what I had experienced and you know I couldn't put anything together because I hadn't experienced enough but I got here I moved here and I experienced it we were eating each other alive eating each other's brains eating each other's body parts feasting on each other in a crowd a dark crowd dark pit full of trash we're just devouring each other alive. Like wild animals. And like it's, it's worse than that really. It's really worse than that. So it, it was just bad. You know, men, women, children raped and sold. Enslaved, all kinds of horrible things. Wicked things you can never imagine. And. I, I feel like I never am able to truly describe to the extent how terrible and horrible it truly has been. Maybe we've come a ways, but we have a ways to go. I know because it's only been about two months, six six weeks, maybe. Six to eight weeks, and already it feels as if these individuals are reverting back to this very sinful behavior and these very sinful lifestyles. Like they couldn't wait to jump back in and start devouring each other again. We are starving in the spirit. We don't have food. We don't have water. We're eating each other. We're eating our own dung. Means doodle. We're in, we're drinking our own pee for sustenance. We don't we don't have anything. And we don't have like a no compassion. No compassion. Or care or or love for your fellow brother or sister. And it's so sad. And I've just been, you know, the Lord has been working so hard. And I pray that we are able to be revised, you know. So he sent me here on this assignment. Here we are. And I just pray that things actually are getting better. Because at this point, I fear that you know actually they are these actually a lot of these individuals are just hiding the sin from me because you know maybe maybe God is using me as a vessel to clean things up and render out consequences and stay on top of things so maybe they're just hiding 
these things for me at this point. They're not really cleaning it up or doing better, but they're just making sure that I am not aware of the horrible things that they, you know, participate in. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, they are waiting, waiting, just sitting there waiting, like meditating like a lion. You know, the Bible says, you know, stay vigilant because be sober, be vigilant because Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. They are they are prowling around, tucked, ready to sneak up on me, just waiting, prowling like a roaring lion, roaring lion waiting for the opportunity to devour me and get me out of here so they can run right back to this horrible sin and these very, very starved, desolate lifestyles. And it's extremely sad to me because when Moses, when we ran back to sin, we Moses was only up on that mountain a few weeks and we already had thrown all the gold that the Lord had blessed us to receive from these Egyptians due to his wonderful miracles and the plagues that he put on Egypt. They were so scared they gave the Israelites anything they came in there and asked for all of their gold. They threw this gold that the Lord afforded them into some sort of mold and started worshiping a, a golden calf. Made their own demon, not even 40 years out of slavery. And sad, extremely sad is what it was. Because, you know, God had just delivered us and had just shown his power in such a miraculous way done something that we had been begging him to do for over 400 years after being under a harsh hand and having our baby boys killed under the age of two because of you know the you know threat that we posed for multiplying so quickly pharaoh was one of the most harshest wicked you know rulers to have ever existed ever he was hard-hearted he was he was wicked he double the work that was already so much of a workload where they were barely getting sleep barely getting opportunities to spend time with their family barely take being able to take a rest doubled the workload and made them do it without straw and dared them to not meet the quota so it was it was very hard for us and I don't think anybody understands how heinous it is, truly, for every baby and the entire community to be slain under the age of two. Killing little baby boys, killing all the, like, so much baby bloodshed, you have no idea. And it's kind of similar to the abortion rate nowadays. That is murder. And all these babies still go to heaven. Absolutely. And so imagine, you know, heaven crawling with these aborted children you know crawling with these babies killed under the age of two these baby boys so um as i was saying we worshiped a, a golden calf not even 40 years out of that slavery asked for the lord to send us back because we were ungrateful complainers and didn't know what to do with our freedom this is exactly how it feels right now it's like the Lord is showing me, like, I like I, I begged the Lord for another opportunity for us to have a reborn covenant. I begged him. I begged him for weeks in prayer. Lord, please, 
please, God, I want us to wake up. I want us to be the people that we are destined to be, Lord. I want us to be free. I want us to have another chance to keep our promise to you. How can you be sure that the generation that we live in now won't be able to keep the promise that the generation almost, you know, over 2,000 years ago wasn't able to keep to you? And the Lord said to me, clear as day, we are the same people we have always been. Nothing has changed. We never keep our promises. We never hold up our end of the deal. We're hard-necked, stiff-necked, stubborn, promiscuous prostitutes. We run to false gods first chance that we get. We can never stay and remain faithful to God. And he's always remained faithful to us. So, I still wanted the opportunity. I still begged him and he said that he would think about it. And then eventually he gave me this opportunity. And so now here we are. The Lord is taking another chance. He's being patient. He's risking it on us. He loves us this much. He's being merciful and gracious enough to restore this promise. And so many people are still saying hard neck, stiff neck, stubborn people believing, oh, whatever. We're always going to get another chance. Always just another chance, you know laughing in the in in the Lord's face, never wanting to turn back from these false gods, even after he's shown them time and time again that these gods, you know, can do nothing for them. These false gods can do nothing for them, that he covers them every single time they fail us. And we still will not repent and return to the Lord with a contrite heart. It's sad, but um, all I know is you know here we are still trying again and you know I just after six weeks running right back and it's horrible like that again I just don't know what to do and you know on that mountain that you know on that mountain when when Moses returned from that mountain when God came to Moses and said, go and tend to your people. It hasn't even been, you know, it hasn't even been very long. And they've already started to worship false gods. Moses, you know, went down, went down from that mountain, checked them about what they were doing. And God broke those commandments and decided to wipe all of our people out for what we had done made a false god and began to worship and start to run and participate in these heinous wicked sinful acts like homosexuality orgies you know all kinds of different things because we didn't know how to behave with freedom a lot of people don't understand how bad it got while moses was on that mountain and that quick this is how it feels like it's happening right now everybody's running back to be these you know lgbtq community participants all of a sudden, everybody wants to be homosexual or, you know, all of a sudden, everybody wants to, you know, you know abuse children, rape people, murder, steal, you know, running right back to this sin. Went for a year and a half to two years. We couldn't even curse in the spirit. Couldn't even curse. Was practicing not even saying curse words. Because they're curses. And just full-blown ran back to homosexuality. Somehow trying to validate the LGBTQ community. 
all of a sudden people popping up with videos talking about it's okay to be a pedophile and that they're trying to bring this world to the new wave and get a better understanding so that they can become legalized that to date molest and have sex with children preying upon the young babies you know committing genocide already planning to ruin us for the next generations ahead and here we are you know and I'm still fighting because I know that God has been patient this long you know I have to forgive at the rate that I wish to be forgiven I wish that God I wish to I wish for God to have patience with me you know when I turn back I'm backslid I'm back smoking cigarettes I'm drinking you know, I'm I'm not living a lifestyle that I, you know, have been shown to live. You know, I'm doubting, you know, the, the outcome of a prophecy that God has already spoken over. A victory that the Lord has already declared. And it's hard. Nobody knows what it's like in my position and why. You know, I feel this way, but... Or what it's like to be going through what I'm going through, but... Still. But anyways, um, Solomon... He encountered... It was these seven demon sisters of hell that he actually had sex with when some you know the female demons in hell because he was perverted he had become perverted falling away you know falling into the pleasures of life remaining you know becoming more and more unfulfilled because he wasn't seeking his fulfillment in the lord and his many different wives that worship these false gods started to harden his heart towards the lord and the importance of only worshiping God and remaining remaining faithful and monogamous. So he's already, you know, wrong and kind of, you know, possibly agitating the Lord with the fact that he had 700 wives, 300 concubines, let alone these 700 wives worshiping false gods and demons that he hunts under the, you know, the home that the Lord has provided for him. And then he worships these false gods with him, and that's the last straw for God. And he doesn't even, he's not even thinking intently. He's thinking with his little man. And he actually just worships these false gods, you know, offers sacrifices to them. And the very in the very, you know, palace, under the very luxuries and pleasures that the Lord has afforded him. He were, he offers it, excuse me, offers sacrifices, and he disrespects the Lord's one request, and the Lord has had it with Solomon. He turns his back on Solomon, and the prophecy of these seven demon sisters that Solomon will be returning to hell, and they will have their way with him, and not in a fun way, is proven to be true. And so the Lord says, I remind him of Solomon. 
And so I fear this. I I sometimes wonder if I'll ever truly be 100% decided on God and this lifestyle in him. I want to be. But a lot of times it feels like this world, these these things, you want to live this world, you want to get drunk, you want to have fun, you want to party, you want to live up, you want to go out on yachts and travel to different countries and participate in these different things that the world is doing. But you can't. You can't when you are representative of the kingdom. You have to be aware. You have to be decided. You have to turn away from sin. You have to mean it. So I wonder and I, I worry sometimes about it. But I want to have confidence that I won't repeat those same mistakes. That maybe the Lord has perfected what he did in Solomon in me. But also, also, um, I'm a woman. And it, I don't like to speak of it in that term because I've I've been discriminated against against you know I've been discriminated against enough for being a woman in a position that the Lord has raised me up to be in and I've gone through so much and suffered so much at the hands of it it almost feels like a slight to myself to somehow signify that as if I am not capable as capable as a man if not more capable but I'm a woman I can't have 700 wives and 300 concubines. I won't want 700 husbands and 300 concubines or male slaves. You know, I know the concubines mean women. So male slaves. And so I I don't see that being the downfall of me, but that wasn't the only downfall of Solomon. Solomon fell into the pleasures of his luxurious lifestyle. The money, the fame, the fortune, the attention. It wasn't just the the women. So if I have everything else, will I have fallen in temptation into the pleasures of my luxurious lifestyle that the Lord plans to provide for me? The money, the fame, the attention, the fortune. So I worry. But. I worry, but. Um. I'm confident that the Lord, you know, has placed enough power in me that I can follow it through to the end and finish strong. Though it feels as if I've never done that in my life, I'm not finished yet. I'm not even completely transformed to predict my future. But I do know that these big demons came and saw me years ago, 2017, a few years ago, before, you know, the Lord had already revealed to me that Everyone would know who I was and that it was all being brought to light and that the rapture would happen in my lifetime and, you know, I would be everything that I ever dreamed of being. Before you had revealed this to me, these demons, they came and they saw me. I started meditating. The Lord said, you don't need to meditate. All you need to do is read the Bible. I said, yes, Lord, but I need, I need to be, I need to find some sort of peace. I need to find some sort of, you know, happy place. And I'm, I'm just not at peace. I, I just don't have peace or happiness and I feel like I can't escape the drama 
I can't escape the drama. And the Lord said, um, you just need to meditate on the Bible. And I said, okay, I'll try this meditation app and I'll just learn like the breathing exercises or just the different, you know, um, techniques or different things to do. And I'll meditate on the word as I do. it. I'll listen to the Bible. I'll um, pray before and after different things like that. So I tried it for a week and then I noticed that a demon had introduced itself to me through the app introduced itself to me and tried to seduce me away from God, promised me everything, started to make things show up just to, um, just to kind of like, like a preview of what it was capable of. It started exposing demons and and other people around me and it's superiority over them. But, um, I reject that demon. I remember the day introduced itself to me and exposed, you know, its power over other demons around me. Asked me, could it stay? And could it enter me? And could we be like friends now, you know? Could we be one? And it would give me anything I want, you know? I can get like a famous dude. I can get a penthouse, you know, in my hometown. I can live this rich life. I could you know, be the it girl in the city, the whole city, different things like that. I was, I noticed what happened. Like this dude was kind of like, seemed like he was almost a dream guy. Showed up that day, like, and it was so odd, so weird. You know, how he showed up like that. He looked so good to me and it's like weird. He was all over me. And I was like, this stuff is weird how it's happening like this, but I rejected it. I went in the house that day. I went in the house and I prayed. And the Lord said, stay off that meditation that I told you about it. He said, don't go back on it. I stayed off of it. He said, just stay off it for a week. Trust me. I stayed off it for a week. A week came by. All of a sudden, these demons popped up every single day that week. I kept getting this urge. Get back on the meditation app. Get back on the meditation app. We can do so much more for you. We can do so much more for you. Get back on the app. Get back on the app. Get back on the app. I fought it. All I know is um, a week's time, literally a week to the day. I started on a Wednesday. They came back on this Wednesday. They show up. They jumped in my face because I wouldn't get back. They they pressured me so hard. Get back on the meditation app. Get back on the meditation app. And as soon as they seen I had made my mind up that was not getting back on that app. And I truly believe God and I had felt that presence and I heeded, you know, his warnings. They show up. These demons showed up in the spirit so cocky, so big. They were like they were like it was cracks in their like you know charcoal like textured skin that looked like lava that was red and yellow and greenish disgusting they looked like so gross worse than gargoyles and they had horns and it was a big male one and a female one and they were both so cocky and they were growling with the deepest most disgusting voices and they said you know they said to me um you'll be back I promise you'll be back. 
I know you'll be back. I promise you, you're going to be back. I already know. And when you do, I'm going to F you up. That's what they said to me. That's what they said to me. I'm like, what did I do to you? I just left. I just didn't want the demon. But I didn't realize I was, you know, a demon hunter. I wasn't, I was aware of it, but I just hadn't been recognized for it. So I almost, it almost. Okay. So, um. So, um, concerning King Solomon, as I've said, he was a ladies' man. Everyone loved King Solomon. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Me, as a woman, I don't expect to live a lifestyle like that, but as far as the pleasures and different things he fell into, I wonder if maybe I fall into them as well. And the demons that I encountered, they said that they'd be waiting for me and that I'd be back. And they were so sure how sure they were. I just knew that they meant every word that they said as if they just knew. And I said, how could they possibly know? And no one knows the, the future but the Lord. But they knew and they were extremely angry. And they said that they had it out for me, that they were going to F me up. And... um. They were like a duo, you know, succubus, incubus, demons, possibly, possibly something so much more. But um, I didn't know why these demons threatened me on such a level that they did and why they felt the way that they did. But understanding now that I'm a demon hunter and I torture them, you know, makes sense. But this is the same warning that Solomon had been given when he conquered Satan and indulged in possibly, if this is not misinformation, you know, uh, sexual immorality, immoral behavior with female demons. So um, is what I'm going through now possibly the promise, you know, being kept of these demons to see me again? Or are they speaking of later after I have been become everything I was called to be and conquered many different, you know, demons and have been made whole. Will I turn back to sin, fall into the pleasures of the life that the Lord has provided for me and somehow wind up in hell because of my disobedience to the Lord? This is something that I've wondered and, you know, maybe didn't want to dwell too much on because I felt that my hands were full with revising these people, leading and guiding and being led by the Lord, of course, to guide his people and revise them, get them to a better place with the Lord. As well as the many different, you know, things he has assigned to my life, you know, like um, being a messenger to bring wicked judges to repentance and the fight this battle against this demon witch that I'm sending her to kill and fulfill the prophecy on. 
um the Lord doesn't doubt me so I won't I believe he's placed enough power in me that I will be able to overcome you know and maybe possibly finish strong because once I am truly transformed and made whole in God and have become the woman that I'm destined to be in him I don't see myself turning back. I will dwell under an open heaven with direct contact with the Lord at all times. And he will oversee everything that I will participate in in life. And he will help me through. He will guide me. He will never leave me. And I I, I remain confident that it will be... I won't say that it will be difficult to turn back to sin, but it's it's just possibly less of a possibility, especially being a woman with, you know, of course, the different standards for women. So, um, I plan to dwell in God forever and spend the rest of eternity in heaven and as much as Satan had done conquering Satan's excuse me and much as Solomon had done conquering Satan's entire kingdom I wish the same for him but um I'm just gonna try and heed the warning take his life as an example and hopefully be better so God spared Solomon because of the promise that he had made David to you know um, cover his descendants so he snatched part of the kingdom out of Solomon's son's hands and rendered it out Um, accordingly so as he saw fit I don't want to worry about this too much I don't want to worry about anything the Lord says worry is a sin so I don't worry but I do wonder and I just want to be better and I want to make it you know a part of my heart's desires to have finished strong in the Lord and never lose sight of his presence in my life him being number one remaining fulfilled in him so that I don't live an unfulfilled miserable torturous life seeking you know the pleasure of fulfillment that only the Lord can provide and other things like money fame and fortune and attention so um something I've been wondering about but of course Right now, I'm being prepared. I have work to do, and I have to become her first. And I will. This is not the hardest battle, most difficult battle that I will have battled in my entire life. But it is a difficult one. Though the Lord has said it will be difficult, more difficult than it has ever been, then good forever.
So we shall see. But I'm just going to end this with taste and see that the Lord is good. Because he truly is. He's tried my heart. And one thing's for sure. He'll never forsake me. Never. I love him.